Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, happy Friday and happy Father's Day weekend to all of you. We have a very interesting podcast coming up. I am using the word interesting properly. This could <laughs> yeah, be amazing. <laughs> this could be a disaster, but we're going to have a lot of fun. My mini-me is here. He My is. little man's son is here, so we're going to come back around to him being here. But we've got some other stuff up front. We have just driven the 2021 Lexus IS350 F-Sport all-wheel drive. That's a mouthful. In Sonic Chrome. What? The, the names are getting longer. Also known as gray. The names are getting, yes. The names are getting longer. And gray is, they are. is, is exactly what it is. They are. It, well, you could almost say, oh, it's charcoal. I mean, that's really, that's as far as we could go. <laughs> I get it. We loved the 300 that we drove in a very nice shade of blue. Mm-hmm. And Lexus does make different paint colors. Mm-hmm. Sonic Chrome's okay. It makes it look very tailored, business-like, and a little bit stealth. Yeah. So I yeah. think, all right, we're going to enjoy driving this. It has a 3.5-liter V6, 311 mm-hmm. horsepower, six-speed automatic, six speeds. I mean, what mm-hmm. is this, like the well, 1800s? But a 3.5-liter V6 that's naturally aspirated as well. That, that is, all of that technology is from 15 years ago. That doesn't make yeah. it bad, but they are the only ones in the market that are still doing something that has a spec like that. Indeed, it also has full-time all-wheel drive and the F-Sport Dynamic Handling Package mm-hmm. for $3,800, which makes the final price of the car fifty-six, almost $57,000 for an F-Sport, an IS350. Now, I will say... This does have 18-inch BBS wheels, mm-hmm. carbon fiber rear spoiler with real carbon fiber, and it does have the adaptive various variable suspension, sport, sport plus, custom modes, mm-hmm. blacked out grill, rear apron, all the all the tasty goodies. Yeah, yeah. I want to like it. Oh, I you want don't really, to, huh? Okay. I really decided I don't. Interesting. It feels like such a transition for Lexus right now. Mm. As much as we like Toyotas and Lexus products, it feels like this transition car where they're trying to make new and do something for the future while they're still saddled with mm. old tech mm. like six speeds and an all-wheel drive system with a hump that sticks right in yes. your heel you're absolutely right on the gas pedal right. yes which is not okay i mean mm. every other manufacturer has figured out not how to make a hump. how to not do that yeah mm-hmm. they're humpless yes. and so they figured this out here's the hunchback lexus yes yes sure. in second gear i've downshifted and i'm on it and the car barely moves all the torques up high yeah, because it's naturally aspirated, of yes. course. And, and we're at altitude. Those two things I, are deadly for I this conversation, for it sure. It yeah. just doesn't move. It doesn't yeah. want to get out of its own way. And it feels, the, the worst part is, it feels like the steering is deliberately heavy. I know they can make a light steering rack. I know they can yes. make this car feel light on its feet, and it doesn't. And therefore, I can't bring myself to say, yeah, really consider that over many things. You've said it's an eight all around. I think it's a six or seven all the way around. Okay. All right. I mean, that's the thing. It, it doesn't have, the thing that's interesting about it is it doesn't have a standout thing where it's like, oh, you have to drive this Lexus because it does, there's not an end to that sentence. Mm-hmm. But it's a, yeah. it is the sporty Lexus right now until the IS500 shows up. And then there will be just the F badging above that. You notice you, what no, Lexus yeah, has for done. Sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And thanks to Nick for pointing this out. F has now become... F Sport, just like N everything from Hyundai. Well, now there's N line, mm-hmm. just it's, like it's a S package. line yeah, from sure, Audi sure. yeah, became yeah. the the watered down a mm-hmm. little bit. Now it's we're gonna have to retrain everybody mm-hmm. to mean yeah, yeah. the the true F cars are gonna be the holy grail cars. Anything under that is gonna be a trim package. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. okay, a few different things. That's fine. But now Cadillac V series. Well, no. Oh, you have to have the Black Wing, a name that you didn't yeah, know. Yeah. 
to get the good one. Interesting. You can't point. just yeah. get the yeah, V yeah. series. Yeah. I actually, I thought this car, like I said, like you already said uh, when we discussed it, I think it is about an eight in all categories, but I don't think there's anything it does that is standout. I think it is a really solid car. Now, I don't think it's a good enough car that if it's going to bring you out of another brand. No. If you're a person that no. likes Lexus, this is the properly sorted one. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I didn't like about it, actually, that I was like, oh, that's not great, is you can feel the all-wheel drive corrupting the steering. <laughs> Thank you. That was the thing about it I didn't like. I liked yes. the seats. I liked being in it. I actually thought it looked pretty good in spite of the fact it was gray. Sonic Chrome is not what it is. It's gray. Chrome, Chrome is, is brighter, folks. Moving on. So, so that was the thing. I, I mean, in Sport Plus mode, it, it finds power in spite of the fact that it's struggling against the things you already said. It's not very powerful just in spec. Yeah. It isn't turbo, and it has very few gears comparatively. Okay? I mean, Mazda makes do with six gears and does it beautifully. So it's an interesting car. I, I wish it was a huge standout. I also think it is a really solid it's – like, it's like a, like a three-base hit. I went. To, I went to sports, and then you're I out. Almost, I almost it's hurt a three myself. Three base hit, and then you're out. I the almost hurt myself. Over. Yeah. Anyway, so That's um, it. I, I think it's solid. I don't think it's a standout. I, I like. This is the way I w- wish the IS was always spec'd, but I want it in rear wheel drive. I feel like Lexus is in this transition, especially now that our writer Nate Kuhn attended mm-hmm. the Lexus and Toyota event just recently. Big wrote an coming. excellent article about the new interface. This still has the old interface with new styling old tech under the hood, under the chassis. Yeah, yeah. And so it's this transition car. It doesn't know what it wants to be, and it's trying to be the future, yeah. and yet it's pulled back by the things that we don't like dynamically. This is the tough thing with the current Lexus lineup. I mean, like, go to your Lexus dealer this day that we're yeah. recording this podcast, is that the new interface that's coming is such an improvement, it's going to massively date these cars with the old interface. That is the big problem <laughs> yeah. they have. Speaking Instantly. of new things coming, did you read the news? You did. You're a Porsche guy. About 911. Porsche has released the new GT3 Touring, which is the GT3 without the crazy wing. It's a little more like businessman version of the GT3 spec. Right, right. It's going to come in automatic, the the great Porsche PDK, PDK, 7-speed. It's going to come in 6-speed manual, unless you live in California, where the (laughs) 6-speed manual is not available or won't be available because of noise restrictions. Well, this is not the first time that California has banned particular models because of that reason. I read an interesting article that broke this down, though. It has to do with the way California tests. Mm. They have a testing process that, of course, is the quote, you can't see the air quotes. It's the official testing process. And if you have a manual transmission, you have to go buy the microphone at full throttle. Okay? Awesome. If you have an automatic transmission, the way this test is conducted, you have to go buy with as Listen to the difference. As much throttle as you can give it without the car kicking down. That's a fundamental difference in the way a car is going to sound. Assuming everybody knows exactly where the downshift will occur. And, and think about this. They want you to go buy in either second or third gear. Well, the first gear on the GT3 Touring is so tall that pretty much at normal drive speeds, you could probably be in first. So that means if you're starting in third and you, and you give it enough throttle to kick down, it's going to kick down to second or possibly first and absolutely be every bit as loud as the manual versus the manual, which, let's be honest, is locked in a gear, goes by at full throttle mm-hmm. and blows out the test. I even read there's an updated test that oh, actually accounts for this problem and would probably mean that the 911 would pass because that's the one that Porsche probably used and it would have passed. But California doesn't use the new test yet. Just register your car in Montana and have it parked in your garage. It's what everybody else does. Isn't minutia fun? (laughs) 
Montana, telling you, pick another state, <laughs> register it there, and you can have one of these. I, you know everybody's going to try to get around this like crazy. Of, of course. The good news is the GT3 Touring is upon us. Yes. And I do really like it. I have decided I've come around quite dramatically on the 992s. Okay. I admit I started skeptical. Cars are made to be driven, and we can't imagine a future without driving the cars we love. The folks at Haggerty feel the same way, and that's why they support our show. One of the many things Haggerty offers for people who love cars is insurance for enthusiast vehicles, including classic cars, trucks, and motorcycles, newer collectibles, and boats. They also protect race cars when they're not on track, and they can protect your car when it is on track with HPDE insurance. In fact, we actually use Haggerty Track Day insurance every time we drive our own cars, the Cayman and the Elise, on our local track. It's a huge peace of mind. Learn more about Haggerty and quote insurance at Haggerty.com slash Everyday Driver. Would you like to make the introductions? I would. I would. You guys have heard me talk about my son many, many times over the lengthy years of this podcast. And we've talked before after, after my wife was on, after Kate was on, we talked before about him being on and he has actually bugged me with, within his rights, mm-hmm. bugged me to be on. His name is Bodie. He is 11. And buddy, thanks for joining us. Hi. <laughs> I would like everybody to know from here on, the three people on this episode are Todd, who is dad, mm-hmm. and me, I'm Uncle Paul, and we've got Bodie. I'm so thrilled you're with us because I would just want everybody to know Bodie talks our ear off with everything he's learned, mm-hmm. and everybody knows he is Todd's son at school. Yep. They know <laughs> that he is part of the Everyday Driver family, and I love that you're here. We've got a lot of questions from kids around the world that are interested in asking you, and what I wanted is kids to hear your voice. That's I want them to hear your knowledge where you're at at age 11. I say, pick some questions, dive right in and speak to kids as if they're sitting right here. Your new best friends. First off, I want you to tell me this, tell the story that you told to me. You were just got out of camp today. I picked you from camp. We came straight to the podcast and at camp today, the poor kids at camp didn't realize how much of a car person you are <laughs> and you told them today. So share that story, please. I'm a car kid and I forget how we got to this conversation, but at lunch, um, we, we went outside, and somehow or another, we got to me knowing about cars. And a uh, red Mini Cooper S drove by, um, and they and a kid went, "Okay, if you're such a car geek, what's that? We used to own one. I know exactly what that is." So <laughs> I, I didn't know it was it. In, what I just it was came. In for? I just came right back with a uh, Mini Cooper S, and they were like, "Okay." And then about a minute and a half later, or something like that. A white Nissan Rogue 2021 came by, and I have seen those Nissan Rogue ads, and I've noticed the front of those Rogues, and I personally don't like it, which is how I was able to spot, oh, that's a 2021 Nissan Rogue. Advertising works, people. It does. (laughs) And they could not speak. Yeah. So they you're, you're, were just shocked. Yeah, you're clearly a car kid. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. what what used to happen in uh, in class this year? Now, a couple times this year, you were a fifth grader, and your your teacher actually, Mr. T, follows the show. So you guys kind of were, were car guys together. He drives an M3. You guys were car guys together. But every now and then, by the way, when you and I were growing up, Paul, and we watched a movie in class, it was some one of those terrible 16 millimeter quasi educational films. Yes. When they have a movie day, it's still seared. It's way yes. out of my memory. When they have a movie day these days, that means the kids have done well enough that they earn a movie day and they watch like a movie movie. 
Like, let's sit here and watch a movie. Like a feature-length film? Like a normal movie you'd what? go to the theater and see. They just watch that movie. So we it's pretty awesome. We watched Karate Kid this year. So you Karate did? Kid. So that Wait, the which one? When you were watching. The, the earlier or the, the original later. one? The first one. The so first when you were one. watching okay, Karate Kid. so the good Kid. one. The good one. Oh, tell, the tell good me, Karate Kid. Tell me okay, what Mr. Ahead. T was doing about cars in the movie, though. At one point, um, there was a 9-11 parked behind him as he was walking into the shop. In the movie. In the movie. This is in the movie. And okay. Mr. T went, Bodie, identify. I was like, what, what on earth are you talking about? And he went, I don't know how I missed this. The whole class went, the car. I was like, oh, um, um. And the screen immediately changed. And I was like, ah, crud. But it, thankfully, was an earlier 9-11. So I could just barely place it. Barely had enough time. Very good, So buddy. then I was like 9-11, and then like t- two other times he went, Bodie, identify. And on the third time, it was like some kind of weird 60s car. I, I don't know. <laughs> I flip alive. But man. a fun game you guys play, for sure. That's so funny. The entire yeah. class turns to you. Yes. Hey, car expert. Which, which leads <laughs> me to your my thing. next question, which is, okay, here you are 11, and everybody can tell already with you being on the podcast five minutes and for me talking about you for years that you like cars. But I'm genuinely asking this. Please don't name names, but in in your class, do other kids like cars? And if uh, if kids don't like cars, what is their opinion of cars? I mean, you're a fifth grader, going to be a sixth grader. What what does your age group think of cars? Eh. Really? really? They don't really care. They don't necessarily like think that they're dull or boring or bleh, I hate cars or any of that stuff. It's just like there's a way to get around or some cool ones every once in a while. But if we're like talking sports cars, the Lotus is like a huge thing. Everybody's like. Bodie, that car is sick. But if you show them an old 911, they're going to be like, eh. But then if you okay. show them a Lamborghini Aventador, they're going to be like, no way. Sure, but I had no reference point. I had the posters on my wall mm-hmm. as a kid. I yeah. had no reference point. And up until I was a junior in high school, I was still into mountain bikes. And my mother said, you just wait. You're going to start really wanting to drive soon. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to stay on my bike. I like bikes. I want... And she was right. And as (laughs) soon as I turned 15, boom, cars. I was like, biking is so not fast. (laughs) Let's have a car. Let's have one of those. For the benefit of your classmates, they might not be there yet. They might still be into bikes and Mm -hmm. everything else that they're doing. And sports. And sports, whatever it is. But that point is coming. I guarantee you when they're going to... Now, cars. Oh, that... That seems like a measure of freedom I've never tasted before. But but are they all about like electric cars or is there, is there even any discussion at all? Every once in a while we have like a weird random Tesla conversation or something like that. Otherwise, I feel like sometimes my class is annoyed by how good I am with naming cars Probably. and how good my car talking <laughs> we'll is. We'll go with yes. Eventually they just are like, oh. Can we stop? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So that actually leads right directly into this first question that you wanted to cover. You want to cover this one? Yes. So this is Justin Johnson. This uh, is actually his son writing. I, Vincent. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Vincent. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I'm eight, about to be nine. Why do most kids think supercars like Lamborghini and Ferrari are always better than cars like the Miata? And then his dad promptly said, Dad here, writing to say, Yes, I am now an owner of a 99 Miata. But he, by listening to the podcast, yeah. Yep. Obviously, his son, I'm going to guess, you really, really like your Miata. Clearly. He says uh, Vincent loved the Miata, so uh, and then they all thought it was a blast to drive. So why why do kids connect, and why did you connect with things like Lamborghini and Ferrari, and are they better than something like a Miata? It's kind of a hard question. Miatas are definitely fun, but you don't necessarily see them as a fun, interesting, cool car until you're in one and you're going on a fun drive with 
That's a good assessment. Okay. The Miatas, they're just kind of like an oval shape. They're just a very simple oval shape, whereas the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris, the new ones, have these really sharp, sleek shapes, and everybody knows that those things are super fast. And mm. when you're talking cars with kids, they're like, fast. That's all I want. Do they equate the styling, man? I'm hearing styling matters. That's what I'm hearing. The, they, the look of a car and probably the color matters to them. And the lines on the car tell them whether it's fast or slow. Is that what I'm hearing? It depends on the person. There are a couple kids um, who are like, Lamborghinis are fast. And I can tell that. And I can tell you that right away because I'm an aerodynamics genius or something like that. Um, <laughs> so the minute you show me a Lamborghini, I'm going to be like, yeah, that thing's fast because it's super aerodynamic. And and then if you if you showed that person the engine, they'd be like, is that your so start a motor? So it's the exo- the exotic look of it that connects with kids. I need to stop leading the conversation. <laughs> you never know where it's going to go, for sure. Rusty Buckskin asked a question I'm going to answer. He said his daughter is asking, why is daddy's car ride much more bumpy than mommy's car? So good. That's hysterical. It's so good. It's because, and, and I can't tell from this if your daughter dislikes that or likes it, but at the same time, the key thing here is I'd be curious to know what mom drives. I suspect that mom drives something very normal. Okay, it's it's a it's a five seat SUV. It's a normal sedan. It's something that is not tuned for performance, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it's much more tuned for. This is just going to be comfortable. It's going to absorb bumps and that kind of thing. I don't know what dad drives, but I'm suspecting whatever dad drives is something that is set up to do corners. And for a car to do corners well, the suspension has to be quite a bit stiffer, and as a result, that car feels more bouncy when you drive it than mommy's car that feels nice and smooth. So that's the reason. I'm suspecting, what, I mean, you don't tell us. I'm suspecting that whatever Rusty Bus- Buckskin drives is a sports car. I think it's deliberate, though. I think they're deliberately not telling us so they can understand yeah. that, you know, dad is hanging on to the fun. There's yes, trying good. to extract that m- amount of fun out of every driver, and mom, mom is having none of it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Probably true, yeah. Well, Bodie, there's a question on here about karting that I want you to answer about getting into karting. How do you get a kid who's five or six year old, years old into karting? And you've got some karting experience. Your dad has taken you. What was the first age that you went when you started to actually drive carts? Six or seven. So right around the age of this question. Okay. Of the question. I think question. you may have been as young as five. When you were barely, you were barely tall enough. I think you had to be 42 inches to drive the cart, the kid's cart. And this and question had, is from Brian Alvarez. You had barely, barely gotten there. And so we tried it. Yeah, keep going. The reason I was willing to do it is I'm a car kid, so I have background knowledge with, I want to drive, yay! So when my dad said, hey, would you like to drive a cart? I was like, how could I possibly say no? I will wear that shirt. <laughs> yes, I will exactly. eat that food. Exactly right. Anything to get me when in the cart. When are we leaving? What's happening? Yes. Unless your ki- kid has a background of cars, which I'm going to guess by this you've tried, and they've said, nope, not interested. So, and that, that's just what I'm getting from the question. Well, they might not have tried it yet. What if they haven't tried it yet and they don't know yet? What should they do? Should they go to a cart race first? Should they just go watch some carts? Should they dive headfirst in and just try driving first? Or what do, do you, you suggest? Do you remember the first cart ride you ever had? It was side by side with me. Remember that? We were at Bear Lake. You were like three or four. And we went to one of those random cart places that actually had side-by-sides. And this is my recommendation for you, Brian. Put them in a side-by-side. Not everybody has them, but find a place that has a side-by-side where you can drive and your child can sit next to you. You can just see if they like it. You actually, and unfortunately, those carts are always by far the slowest cart on the tracks. So you get passed by everyone. And I remember you were frustrated with me, Bodie, because you were like, why is everybody passing us? Like, this is as fast as this goes. I am doing the best I can. So that was your first experience. And you couldn't drive yet. 
and the consequences are far lower when you're in the in the cart. So yeah. parental unit can try stupid things and kids will laugh. <laughs> right? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. All right, there's a question from Big Fat Flip that you saw earlier and I'd like you to read. There's two questions. Yes, two a questions. A 7-year-old and a 3-year-old. Mm-hmm. Okay, so start with the 7-year-old's question. Yes, question 1 from my 7-year-old. If you put two motorcycles together, does it turn into a car? <laughs> Such a good question. Despite the best efforts of Ariel Adam and Caterham and Lotus and I KTM. Can, and, I can. But those aren't motorcycles joined. This is the thinking. It's kid thinking. Yeah. Two motorcycles. What if we put them next to each other and made a body around them? Huh. <laughs> but they're just sitting up Let's high. go to the pub and think about it. <laughs> Bodie's laughing hysterically. Keep going, though. You say no, right? Yeah. Why, why do you say that? Why, why Kids do, you say do no? not go to a pub. <laughs> Yeah, fair point. All right. There's not a whole lot of kid drinking. That's His a fair face point. is yes. red. It's hilarious. You should see this. If you put two motorcycles together and then just weld them together, first of all, car, I can see. I can totally see how you're like, but it has four wheels. It's got an engine. I mean, that sounds like a good Wait Saturday. A it doesn't have one engine. It has two engine. Cars have two. Have one engine. Okay. okay. Because a motorcycle has an engine, and then another motorcycle has an engine, and you're welding the engines together, that's two engines. So, one plus one is two kids. Anyway... <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, continue. Plus, it wouldn't really necessarily have a steering wheel. You have handlebars, and you need two people to drive that thing. Mm, Good point. Plus, if you just decided, you know what, I'm going to just do this cheap. I'm going to weld two motorcycles together and call myself done. No, that's not a car. That's two motorcycles welded. Welded two motorcycles together. It's Miller time. You better believe it. Yeah, I'm just calling that Saturday. something open. You better believe it. (laughs) If you do one motorcycle, (laughs) maybe... The length of a car away from another motorcycle, you'd have a very, very tiny car. Very, very. Because okay. if you then put a body around that and gave it an undercarriage and threw some seats in there and gave <laughs> so it a steering wheel. You may, I can see you're I making your say, own head hurt. Yes. It's not worth the effort is what you're saying. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Can we do question two? You wouldn't fit. <laughs> okay. You wouldn't fit. You're right. <laughs> question two from the three-year-old is, is gas stinky water? His my- gas stinky water. That's good. I like that. My first fantastic question. Um, no, because first of all, water is not black. Oil water. is black. Gasoline Oil is, is more black. like a more like a, yeah. a yellowy green color. But keep yeah, going. But still, water normally isn't that color. True. Um, plus, water is not flammable. That is key. Gas. That is, is the flammable. key. That is very key. Good job. Because the way an engine works is it explodes gas. So if you put water in your car and say hey, it'll work. That's a good point. To put something explosive in the water. I want to answer the question from Andrew Stein right here. He says, Zoom Zooming, which I love that. Zoom Zooming makes the kids giggle and smile. It's intoxicating as a parent to see joy in your kids driving a, while you're driving a car. And I totally agree with that. And you've been that way forever, Bodhi. You've enjoyed mm-hmm. it, which is great. But he's asking the responsibility question, <clears throat> which is why I'm going to attempt to answer this carefully. How does a parent show a child the performance of cars without becoming a bad example as a driver? Mm. Now, this is landmines and rakes and all kinds of stuff because of all these issues. Because you could say, and you would be within your rights to say, a parent should never show a child fast driving ever because it's a bad example. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. But but I guess you're a bad example. I'm a bad example. I am, I am bad example number one sitting right here, as my son can attest. Uh, but at the same time, I'm going to say this. Andrew, I think it's about how and where you show that performance. If you're a parent driving a child around with road rage and anger and dive bombing people and ducking through traffic, that sets a terrible example. 
If you're somewhere in the middle of nowhere driving quickly with just you and your child, now there are those of you that are listening that are going, that's still dangerous and terrible and you should never do that. Okay. All right. Fine. But I think that's the place to show performance because you are showing performance in a responsible place where you're not going to endanger others and where you aren't driving recklessly. There is an equal sign in many people's brains between fast and reckless. Mm -hmm. And those Mm -hmm. aren't actually the same thing. Agreed. You can drive fast very safely. You can drive slowly really terribly. Our officer Chad from episode 411, when we had Mm -hmm. him on, he identified that in their you know, searching for speeders and yeah, searching yeah. for cars to pull over and talked a little bit about that. I, I agree with that. And you're right. It's a, it's a touchy subject. I mean, it's, ultimately, it's a place in time question. Ultimately, when you look back and you think, well, my dad or my mom, she took me on such great rides and well, it didn't really occur to me. She was breaking the speed limit at the time, but man, were those memories great. Now, mm. again, you, you're not here to be responsible and put the child's life in danger or yours. Absolutely not by any stretch, but you know, judiciously. And you of course want to ramp up your own driving skills. And I think it's possible. It's just right time, right place. It's not always you know, recommended, but th- I mean, that's a slippery slope of discussion because absolutely. every time we're breaking the speed limit. So therefore and, you're and a lawbreaker. Every person listening has a different perception of what is a comfortable speed. So it's a whole personal discussion there too. Felipe Rodriguez says his daughter is always very upset and wants to know why the back seats don't have airbags. She says she matters too. Yeah. And she's right. She does matter. Why? I have never thought about that. That's fine. I'm just going to call you Felipe Rodriguez's daughter. I'm going to say that this is my question to you. Where would they put them? Well, excellent question. But here's the thing that's happening is that now we are getting more and more airbags in cars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you do have side curtain airbags. Depending upon what car your parents have, there are side curtain airbags that are in the sides of the car. There are many cars now that are putting airbags on the front seats that explode between the seats. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in spite of the fact that that seat in front of you is still kind of hard, it's not nearly as hard or prone to give damage as the dashboard in front of your parents. So typically the, the, and also when you think about safety tech, it's worked its way steadily backwards in the car. When you and I were growing up, Paul, nobody wore a seatbelt in the back seat. Why would you do that? Seatbelts? Why would you do that? I don't know. But the parents were wearing them in the front seat. Mm -hmm. So I can remember a few times there's the sudden stop and I remember being face into the back of the seat in front of me because it was like, why did we do that? So that happens. But then seatbelts work their way to the back. Then airbags get introduced in the 90s. They're now working their way further back through the car. So there are more and more safety features depending upon the car, but you do have, comparatively, big fluffy seats in front of you. <laughs> fluffy is a relative term, but it think, is relative, about, yes. think about the seats themselves, and that is they're designed to prevent whiplash or designed to prevent injury by collapsing or deforming. Mm-hmm. So if you had an explosive device in the seat back, and then the seat is trying to absorb the impact for the passenger mm-hmm. that it's currently cradling all the while trying to have an airbag and a stationary object, they're trying to fight each other. Mm, That's that's some serious engineering. And I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but I don't know how viable that is for car manufacturers to do that. So as Todd said, they're putting airbags on the sides in, in the pillars, the B pillar will say, Mm -hmm. you know, as close as they can to that passenger. But ultimately we don't want to make airbags sound like you're falling into a bag of Jiffy pop No, (laughs) because it's an explosive device Mm -hmm. and it's, 
acrid smoke and it's a horrible experience when an airbag goes off in your face. Yeah. You of course want to avoid the accident, you know, have a, a car that you can avoid the accident hopefully in to begin with. But it's a, it's a nasty thing. It's not like hey, a big soft pillow. Yay. It, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's designed to save your life and you might still be injured. Airbags do cause injuries, even though your life is spared. So yeah, it's, for sure. it's, uh, yeah. it's not fun. Absolutely. I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, where are you going to put the airbag? You're going to put it in the back of the seat? You're going to make the back of the seat explode? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> Terrifying, yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. should sound like a good idea because what if there's somebody in that seat? Yep. So What's going to happen to dri- that person? Driver Psyche has a question that I needed to answer because you were a little scared of this question, Bodie, and I understand. He said, quick question from his son, Max, who's a sixth grader. How cheap are cars actually? You and I were laughing about this earlier, Paul. For so each good. car you buy, how much money are they making off of you, small or big? Max, here's, here's the key thing happening here. Are we talking new or used? And are true. we ta- talking market adjustment? So I'll get there in a second. That's true. If you're buying a new car, the truth is the dealer doesn't make that much. The dealer on a new car is counting on the fact that you will be back for service. Mm-hmm. That's where they're making their money. They're making, you know, it might, the number might have a comma in it, but it's not that much. That $30,000 car, they're not making five grand. They might make a thousand. Sure, okay. Sure. And sometimes they have hold back fees and that kind of stuff. You negotiate a car really, really well. You can negotiate it down to where the dealer made zero because they're getting kickbacks from the manufacturer. And there's lots of weird stuff that goes on. So new cars, not much, unless they do that thing that drives us insane. Yep. Where they have a car like a Honda Civic Type R or the new C8 Corvette or some car that's highly in demand and they know it's in demand and they put a market adjustment on it and they just say, well, because these cars are in demand, we're charging you $10,000 extra. That is pure dealer greed. Mm-hmm. So that is yes. just them as the middleman deciding the car is worth more and they want to make more off of it and someone will come in and pay it. That money does not go to the manufacturers. A thank you for making a great car everybody wants. That just goes straight to the dealer's pocket. We hate that. Now the trick here is used cars, Max. A used car is the Wild West. <laughs> you can get taken it to is. the cleaners buying that $30,000 used car. That The dealer might have gotten it on their lot for twenty grand. Yep. They might have made 10 on you easily. The new car, they wouldn't have made that unless they did a market adjustment and somebody paid it. And the Don't accountants are the only ones that know. Yes. So when you're buying a used car, it is a total free-for-all. So you need to know what that used car is actually supposed to be worth so that you know how to negotiate because that's where they can really take you. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. Start with the new Ceramic Wash & Coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like, or a cannon, which I also like. We actually take Griot's Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products or use them as your new wash routine. They are 100% guaranteed and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Jeff Hober has a question. It happens to be a TDC. A track daily crush for you, of all people. I like this. This is good. That's very good. You come with your own sound effects. That's impressive. Okay. Which you better one, not crush Uncle Which P's one Cayman. would you take to the track? Which one would you drive every day? And which one would you 
crush? Theoretically now, we're not really doing it, but which one would you track? Which one would you daily drive? And which one would you crush? My Elise, Uncle Paul's Cayman, mm-hmm. and Mom's Cayenne. You can't see if the stump look on his face. Yeah. If you guessed track Paul's Cayman, the drive every day, deadly, and the sadly destroy Mom's Cayenne, you were correct. That's not Ooh. what I would have expected. Okay. All right. I'm that's saved. good. What did you I figured you'd track the Elise, but that's a, those are good choices, little man. That's great. I like it. That's really good. There's no right answer. It's just always a theoretical. Always we, we do one almost every single podcast. I'm glad you could do Mom, one. Mom, Mom, if you're listening to this, please, please don't find me and smack me in the face. Because <laughs> your mom does that so often. Um, <laughs> that's very good. That's very funny. Um, I know she does I like, that I often. like that you're defending yourself. That's but great. The reason I say that is, no offense, Mom. <laughs> It's a Lotus Elise I could not destroy. A Porsche Cayman, beautiful car, I could not destroy. Plus, if I said that here, Uncle Paul would kill me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so That's a good answer, bud. It, I do like that. Please, please don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> My mom is listening to this. All right, there's a couple of questions from Brian D.Y. He's got a son, Dylan, age seven, who asks, are trucks very fast? What do you think? Really depends. Um, the Ram TRX that we had was super fast. It was good call. You're the right. Thing was quick. Yeah. yeah. But then if you could have used F one fifty, boring. <laughs> if you're going on fast standards, that thing is like <laughs> the sound effects. The F one fifty just got passed by Super Outback. I'm sorry, you guys couldn't see the hand motions. They were awesome. Okay, that's good. That's, I like that answer. So that's good. It really just depends. Okay. Um, the Ram TRX was, like I said, that thing was fast. Yeah, that was a bullet. And it for had sure. the noises. That thing could do a daily triple like that. You're right, I don't know how we would know that. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, how, know how you know that. Because my dad did it. See? My deniability goes right out the See? window when I add family to this podcast. Anyway, yeah. All right, moving on. More questions from Dylan. Mm-hmm. Age seven. Mm-hmm. When were cars invented? I'm not sure if I'm right on this because I am more I'm more the guy who's like, here's what this car does, here's what this car does, so here's take what a stab this car at it. does. So take a okay. stab so I'm gonna guess late eighteen hundreds. You're right. You'd be right. Yes. That's fantastic. It was late eighteen hundreds. You're absolutely right. Good job. All right. Next question. Why do cars have sunroofs? I Honestly, have no idea how to answer that question. I'm going to say might be because some kind of jerk said, "Hey, I want to be able to tan my." <laughs> That's you want to be able to tan your arms. That's hysterical. That's it. I, the tan my arms option. You just check the tan my arms box. That's how you get the I panoramic. Have no sunroof. idea. All these years. That's good stuff. Okay. Random occasionally, he's like, you know what? I want to tan my arm. All right. How can big grown-ups fit into small cars? My dad, the Lotus. You're right. That, that reminds me of the time that I was actually walking him out from one of his after-school activities, okay? And there was a, this dad had come in behind us, and they yeah. had something. It probably was a super outback. They had some sort of standard SUV for Park City, and they had parked beside us. And, of course, I had the Lotus, yeah. and I was in there yeah. picking up Bodie, and we were coming out. And this dad and the kid he'd picked up and his little four-year-old son were walking out. And I didn't realize it, but they were parked next to us. Mm-hmm. And as we got to our car, the dad goes, see, there you go. And I looked over and I was like, what's going on? And he said, I'm sorry, when we parked beside your car, my son, who's four here, looked at me and said, Daddy, grownups can't fit in that car. And he was watching me climb in the Lotus. So apparently you have to fold yourself just right. This is what I have to say. You have to like that car and you have to be determined to get in it. You're (laughs) right. That's true. Okay, last question from Dylan. Why do roads have curves? And why does his dad make him yell, wee, when they go around a good corner? 
the reason roads have curves is because if roads didn't have curves, first of all, all the cars that are good at cornering would not exist. So I like this answer. My Lotus, probably my dad's Lotus. Probably I was going to say it was, it was my Lotus for a second there. <laughs> Everybody noticed that. My yeah. Lotus <laughs> onward, yeah. That would not exist because that thing is made so it can go around corners and make you laugh. If it's not, if there are no corners for it to go around, then why does it exist? Also, if you're on a mountain road, how are you supposed to put a straight line in the dead center of a mountain? That's very good, bud. How are you going to do that? That's very good. See, that's... You have to put a corner in there. Um, and the reason your dad makes you say, wee, when you go around a good corner, <laughs> because he wants to hear you say it. That's, that's fun. That's, that's awesome. good stuff, bud. Do that, keep in mind, exactly Dylan, that if, you, if you've ever been on an interstate, anything that's got an I, whatever, Interstate 80 is near us, for example. You yeah. get on an interstate. They blasted through mountains. They made tunnels. They tried to make those as straight as possible. But anything less than an interstate, it's much more expensive and difficult to build a road straight. So you build it kind of following the contours of the earth. And here we are in our area with a lot of mountain roads. And it makes for brilliant driving. All right. We've got questions from Charlie K. NYC. His son, Theo, whose seventh birthday just happens to be today, the day of recording. That's cool. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's great. That's, That's all awesome. I have to say. Happy birthday. Um, also. He's got um, questions for you, Bodhi. Yes. So his first question is. Why do some cars have a t- not have a top? Is it arm tanning again? <laughs> no. The, the, that's the purpose of convertibles. Convertibles do have a top, actually. Well, but he's saying, but that's what the question comes from. It's like that's why they don't have a top. He's looking at a convertible and going, "Why does that happen?" They do have a top. It just folds into the back of the car. Then, if it's raining and it's your only car and you have to go grocery shopping, then you put the top up and oh. you're good. But the reason those things don't have a top is. Surely to just have fun, in my opinion. You can feel the wind blowing in your hair. You might lose a cap or something. But who cares? It's a cap. <laughs> it costs $5 on Amazon. Buy another one, you idiot. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's the purpose of convertibles and is to lose on. your cap. <laughs> you got more questions. Question here. number Hold two. Um, number two. Why do some cars have three wheels? And this was asked because they saw a bunch of Polaris slingshots go by, and that made Theo go, why do cars have three wheels? Do you know it's the not a bunch. It's book? a swarm. It is a swarm. A Sorry. swarm of it slingshots. It was a swarm of slingshots. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yes. Slingshot swarm. Yeah. Oh, good. It has a noise. <laughs> why is this? Why do they have three wheels? We can know. answer. We can I, answer. I don't know. Okay. I, that's I, fine. I don't know. That's okay. The thing about three-wheeled cars is if you make a three-wheeled car, most people that have done that are either startups or motorcycle makers. Hmm. Because if you make a car with three wheels, it does not have to adhere to the safety standards of a car with four. No federal crash testing. Yay. So you can be a startup, and Polaris comes from ATVs and UTVs and bikes and this kind of thing. They can make a quote-unquote car for people that don't want to ride a bike or can't drive a bike anymore or whatever that is a fun car in the same way that a motorcycle is without having to go through all of the extra crash testing and expense of a actual car build because, oh, look at us. It only has three wheels. By the way, Theo, those smart squirrels and rabbits that think they can straddle a car when they run out of the road and they think, I got this, and they'll they'll straddle the car right over the top of them, they weren't counting on that third wheel. They weren't. Bam. That happened. Yeah, my dad got a story about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> he does. Okay, third question. Why do race cars break so easily? And B-R-E-A-K, break, like, like got to fix them. Like, like, yeah. Wheel so, came so, off. Something yeah. happened, yep. not, not how fast they stopped. Right. Why do you think that is? I honestly don't know. I think part of it might be because there was this jerk who was like, I don't care about other people's safety. I want a trophy, and he rammed into it. 
It usually has to do with trophies. That has happened. I want a trophy. Mm -hmm. I'm cutting you off. Yes, that has certainly happened. And I mean, those cars are going fast. So if they scrape something in in just the right way, they're going quick. So something's going to fly off or something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Theo, keep in mind also that the actual thing going on here is that race cars, unlike your typical road car, are designed to go as hard and fast as they can. They are working as hard and fast as they possibly can. The engine, everything is at the absolute limits, which means at the absolute limits, stuff breaks. Mm-hmm. They're being driven so hard, being driven by drivers paid to go as fast as they can, mm-hmm. which means those forces on those cars are far greater than your typical road car. Mm-hmm. You're turning in, you're accelerating, braking, all those things. Last question here, Bodie. What is the real fastest car made? And I think real means an actual car. We're not talking about the land speed record cars like the Thrust SSC that is sure. pretty much twin jet engines with cars you can drive. Cars you can drive. Cars you can drive, right? Things that look like missiles that drive on the bottom right. of the salt flats. We're not talking about those. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Okay. That would be, I, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but I know that this is a correct car. SSC Tuatara, I think that's how you say it. He brought that one out. Wow. He brought that one out. That was not prompted by the 331 miles per hour. Yeah, which has Ooh. been disputed, but that that is one of them. The other Ooh. one that I would say is the Bugatti Chiron. Yes, Bugatti Chiron. Unbelievable. Well you brought done out with the your tu- Tuatara. Well done on that. I did not expect that coming. Crispy Water. That is Crispy Water. That is their name. Keep going. Okay. That's their online um, name. Question from? Rosalie. Rosalie. Okay, thank you. Do you guys like the Pixar movie Cars? Mm-hmm. And it, did any of the characters represent real cars? Can you think think on those movies? Can you think of any of cars in those movies that are real cars? Push it. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. That? That, that, I had sorry. To clear my sneezed. That's terrible. There was a Porsche. There mm-hmm. was. Sweet. Represent. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Remember that Daytona that Paul and I drove for the show. The Daytona Coupe coupe that we drove on PCH, that is kind of what Lightning McQueen is based on, is the shape of a Daytona Coupe. Mm, That's what that is. Um, There's old Cadillacs in it. There's that old Volkswagen bus. That's a real thing. Yeah. Most of them have inspiration, Rosalie, in real cars. The hippie Volkswagen bus. Yes, exactly. Um, The Willys Jeep. Right? Oh, you're right. There is an army Sarge? Jeep in the army. Yes, remember right, that there is that guy. And don't forget my hero Paul Newman driving the 1951 Hudson Hornet. Mm-hmm. That's a real car. That's a real car. Most of those cars, the Fiat mm-hmm. was in there, yep. changing tires. Yep. The Ferraris are real. The F430 mm-hmm. was in there when yep. Shuey drove in and wanted four new tires. Yep, for sure. There. Honestly, I love those movies, but I think the first one, I've mentioned this before, there is a five-minute stretch or so in that movie, and this is crazy to say, but in the first Cars movie, when Lightning McQueen, who's only ever raced, winds up in Radiator Springs, and he meets, what's the girl's name? I can't remember her name right now. I can talk off the top of my head. Sally Carrera. Yes, it is Sally. You're Sally. Right. Yes, very good. You're, you've got the internet while we're doing this. It makes sense. Yeah. She takes him on a drive for fun. Mm-hmm. There is a five-minute stretch in there that does a better job in an animated kids movie of explaining why driving's fun than most movies ever have. And that mm-hmm. section is just phenomenal. Occam. Yeah, Occam from Germany. He's writing in about his four-year-old. Keep going. Germany? Ooh, fun. Um, okay. Guten Tag. And, um, well good. Look at you. My four year old son would like to know how do you turn a regular car into a race car? Because Paul and Todd like race cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. Race cars. How do you Don't turn I? a regular car into a race car? Do you know? Race car, like the ones that have the weird little, I don't know what to call this thing. I'm just going to call it the. 
I don't know this to, word. You need to explain what that means. The race car is basically this little cone thing with a wheel here, a wheel here, a wheel in the back. We're, we're not talking like F1 cars. We're talking oh, about we're when not? you see – no, we're not talking about purpose-built F1 cars. I think, I think okay. the question here is that he's asking like if you have a typical car, like your normal uh, car, yes. how would you turn that into a race car? So it could be the family car. It could be the family sports car so or whatever. So want to turn that into a track car is there you go. the question. Mm. And by the way, what I meant by flip it is the weird thing behind the driver's head, the weird – Oh, the intake, the intake, oh. or do you, or do you mean the halo that protects him? There's a halo in front of him that protects him. It's almost like a windscreen, but it's open. Crash bar, exactly. It's a crash no, it bar, goes, and then there's there's an actual intake behind him. And then there's a guy, and then there's a little black. Yes, thing. the flibbit. <laughs> That's the intake, buddy. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Right, going I, I forward, everyone, the flibbit is an intake. Which that is, is gonna, that's interchangeable now. Yeah. In onward. Stone. So go on. Let's okay. let's talk about how we make a race car. Okay. First of all, you want that car to be as light as possible. Very good. So you're gonna, it's gonna cost money. You need to get all of the seats out. Then you need to get a much lighter driver's seat. I don't remember teaching you any of this, by the way. But keep going. This you're is doing excellent. Well. You're doing very well. What about tires or brakes or suspension? You any any get of those? Better. Um, you should get special track tires. Um, oh, okay. Good job, little man. Well done. You've done much. I, seriously, I didn't even prompt you at all on that. I'm quite impressed over here. Should you strip out anything unnecessary in the interior, like you know your stereo or your back seats? Yes. Should you throw those all in the, the seats, garbage? All of the seats should go. All of them. Right into the trash, the right? Seat. And then you get a better driver's seat. You get a much lighter, more, I'm going to race quickly driver's seat. That's that cool, bud. I thought it was the get out of my way, I'm, I'm going for a trophy kind of headspace. That, that happens as well. That's how the crashing happens. I oh, really right. want you to answer this question posed from Dammit Patton. Not really a question, but he, he, he mentioned something to you. He he said this. He wants to hear your, Bodie's, favorite m- memories with cars so far. And I have no idea what your answer to this question is. What are your – we've owned a lot of fun cars in your life. We've had some that we've driven on lots of fun occasions. We have road trips coming up this summer in the Lotus that you and I are going to do, which is going to be very cool. But things that have happened already – what are your favorite memories with cars so far? And it can be our car. It can be other people's cars. I don't care. One of my favorites was when we had Sabaru and my dad would let me honk the horn from the backseat. Oh, <laughs> really? Back <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? When I first started kind of interested in cars. That that's, was, I'd forgotten that's that. That's that cool. Car, that was when I first got interested in cars. And then the FRS was the first interesting and fun, fast, quick car that we've ever owned. What did you like about that one? Give me a memory from that. Uh... It was just the first fast, fun, quick, aerodynamic, cool-looking car that I've ever seen us wow. own. I had never had we we had never had something during my lifetime as interesting as that. That's cool. Um, so that's where that thing connects. Um, then we got the Lotus, and so now I'm super happy. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is awesome. Yeah, you and your mom both. Anything out of that one? Any any special memories there? Like a hundred. Okay, well, give, give me one. Uh, one I have with you is the track day we got to do last year. We posted a picture mm-hmm. of that on Instagram. Yep. But what yep. else? What else? Give me, just give me one. Doesn't have to be your favorite. Just a, a memory that you think is cool. When when we do fun drives in that car, and even when we go up the the road to Olympic Park, sure, which happens to be based on the side of a freaking mountain face. So it is. Yes, zipline is quite scary because you're going down a mountain face. <laughs> But it has a really twisty, windy road. And when we just do that in the Lotus and just gun it, that's fun. Definitely not one of my favorite memories in that car, but it's definitely an awesome memory in that car. I like when it. we do that just for the fun of it. We're, when Dad's like, we're in the Lotus, we have 
food. Let's just go up a little bit, Parker, real quick, and come back down. I have food, everyone. Yes. Let's go for a drive. Well, 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 typically, I try to do it before we pick up the food, but you know, you're out. You don't have a lot of time for a fun drive. You can just run up and down Olympic Park real quick, and problem solved. At yep. least, kind of. Excellent. Um, I also, when we went keeping in Moab. Oh, okay, yeah. That episode's out of season three, and you guys actually can be seen in the back seat of the Jeep. Yep. When you joined us that first time, that that was very fun. I'm really glad you liked that. That's cool. Just for perspective, I'm 11. I was eight. Whoa. Mm. I was eight. Well, yes, because all of us are aging. It's it's terrifying that happened. And then we went back <laughs> with your mom, happens. though, too. Mm-hmm. That was not an episode. So if you're like, hang on, hang on, let me find that, let me find that. that but Okay, but there's a question. Which one? Which time did you prefer doing Moab in a Jeep? When we were in the, the JL when we did it for TV or when we were in the, the, TV. the TV one over the, the JK TV with mom? Because, first of all, I had never even been to Moab. Sure, yeah. Moab was just like the thing that all the, thir- that all the kids in school was like, were like, I like my dad because he takes me to Moab and stuff. Okay. That's that's what kids do. Every summer, there's always the kid. There's a lot of Moab. I go to Moab here. every summer and blah, blah, blah. There's always that kid. And <laughs> in my class, there are like six of those kids. Okay. Marcus Holloway is age eight. He writes to us on the email and he says, do faster cars always have more horsepower? Ooh, that's a good question. What do you think? You're you're an expert in this arena. Do faster cars always have more horsepower? What do you think, Tony? Well, first let me explain horsepower and torque. Whoa! Horsepower. If you can do this, Excellent. I will be astounded. I'm going we'll, to I'm going to sit here for a second. This wow. is good stuff. Good stuff. I'm ready? Paul, I'm ready. Thank you. Horsepower is how hard the car hits the wall. <laughs> yes. Um, Go on. You're doing great. You're doing great. Torque is how and pound feet of torque. I was like, is how far the car takes the wall. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> It's excellent. Okay, so applying that to cars, large and small, do faster cars always have more horsepower? I believe so. You do? I think so. Because, again, horsepower is how hard you hit the wall. That if is a factor. If you're going slow, you're not going to have a lot of horsepower because you're not going to hit the wall that hard. If you're going slow, True. you think that, that, that there's not really any horsepower. And, you know, it depends on what car and what situation because yeah. if we're just doing yeah. a straight line speed, well, sure. You know, we're thinking track use. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes the fastest cars aren't necessarily the ones with the most power. They're being driven, you know, by expert drivers or they're, you know, set up a certain way. But I'll go with that. One of the things I want to say, that was Marcus writing in on that? Keep that in, was Marcus, Keep yeah. in mind that it's not just about horsepower. Yes, generally, a car that is faster has more horsepower, but it's also horsepower to weight. Very true. If you have 700 horsepower in a car that weighs 4,500 pounds, Hellcat, then it's <clears> it's very fast. It's a lot of power, okay? But if you had that same 700 horsepower in a car that weighed half as much, the horsepower hasn't gone up at all, but the car's gotten faster because it got lighter. Mm-hmm. So that is mm-hmm. a big factor as well. Alan S. asks, how would we go about talking to the upcoming generations of car enthusiasts like you, Bodie, to calm down in respect to modifying cars? You know that your dad and I usually drive cars that are stock because it's simply a slippery slope of discussion as to what car wins. You could just throw money and parts and it would win, quote. And he's giving an example. Don't do that clutch upgrade and make the car really difficult to drive. What's the question again? So is calming the future enthusiast down from just going to modify, going straight to modifications. Why not just enjoy a car that is stock, just like the engineers and designers conceived it from the factory? Or should they go nuts and modify it? I'm, that's the question. It depends on the person and the car. If okay. it is a 
if it's a 1987 Oldsmobile, that is literally freezing. What? <laughs> Go on. And if you were to sneeze on it, it would fall apart. I would absolutely modify that car. Because, <laughs> what? Because you, you get the clutch in the gear sheet. And the, you heard it here first. Modify your Oldsmobile. Yes. <laughs> you, you do the... You, so you so the you're actually... comes out and you're like, ah, crud, now I can't drive my car. You're almost talking about restoring now. You're talking about restoring cars. It? Yeah. But okay, but would you okay, let me put it to you this way. What do you think Paul and I should do stuff to change our Lotus or our Cayman to try to make them faster or are good like they are? They're fine as they are. Seriously? There I don't it know is. what you could do to the Lotus to make it better. It supercharger. Is... Supercharger what? and lose the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I can't that I know. You're right. That is a problem. I know. Very bad about that. Uh the supercharger though, that that is a good idea. But anyway, Here's, here's another one here from Shane. I, I think I told you earlier, Shane wrote in. Mm-hmm. Shane is the person that won the Phaeton. Mm-hmm. So that's how we know Shane. But anyway, he's got a question here. He says, Owen, seven, wants to know why they don't own a Hellcat. And Shane says it's because they can't turn. What's your, what's your take on this, buddy? All cars can turn. Because if you don't have a car that can turn, you're going to fall into a ditch and die. Yeah. You own a tractor or you have yard art. Yes, true, yes. Yard art. <laughs> That's very funny to say, in fact. I'm um, funny. I think I'm funny. Well, Owen, I would actually say part of the reason is that, that your dad typically, with the exception of the Phaeton, your dad typically likes cars that are lighter, that turn well. And as I just mentioned, the Hellcat has tons of horsepower that is very, very funny, but it also means it's also quite heavy. They turn well for what they are, but they weigh, you know, lots. But I will give you a terrifying thought, Owen, that your dad probably doesn't want you to know. But a Hellcat is kind of like the Phaeton with a lot of power. Ooh. Yeah. And he's seven, which means by the time he's of driving age, Hellcats are cheap. Hellcats are cheap. First yes. car. Dad, lock your door. <laughs> lock what your door. A great idea. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrifying prospect. Well, we're all uh, old kids, I guess. And so there's a, a question on here from Cutler Colin 99 who says, as an older child with a father, how do I convince him to get a fun car? which is what we've been discussing, Todd, with your dad. Yeah, for sure. I'm going straight for the jugular. How much time you got left on this planet? Yeah. Straight for the jugular. Yeah. You can't drive money. You can't go have fun with money. Money's important. House, bills, save for the future. Mm -hmm. Take care of your family. I get it. But how much time you got left? If you're never going to get that fun car and you keep talking about it, Mm -hmm. you're never going to experience it. That was a lot of the conversation with my dad. Yeah, for sure. you, you can't drive, and you're like, oh, I wish I bought that car. That was the exact conversation we had with your grandfather, and he ended up buying a Corvette. Yep. That's how that happened. Craziness. He's, he's living his best regret-filled free life now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, we'll see. A couple of you have actually asked about my dad being on the podcast, which is not something I had pondered, but uh, maybe maybe after he has some more car experiences, then it might be worth getting him on here and having him discuss. Because I'd be, I'd be curious to hear, what was his headspace that led him to actually finally pulling the trigger and buying a Corvette? But uh, well, he has one. Saw the Corvette movie, thanks to me, so I'm actually part of it. I was like, hey, look, American American, can we watch that? And he was like, mm-hmm. You're right. He, he, pulled out, he pulled out the home copy of American Original, thanks Just to Bodie. Just uses his subtlety. That. Yeah, exactly. Bam, smack. And then, and I, then he was like, you know what? It'd be awesome to own one of those. The next day, he has one. That's pretty Literally funny. Literally the next day. Well, not well, at least that week. It was, it was that <laughs> week. It wasn't the, the exact day. We got day. him shopping is the point. We absolutely did. This is what our, our films and stuff do. The day after that, 
already had one. That's pretty funny. Bodie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for answering kids' questions, and we're glad you were on. I know you wanted to be. And to all of the husbands and fathers out there and people that are, you're the son to the father that you want to have by the fun car. <laughs> Happy Father's Day across the board. We hope everybody has a really cool weekend. Is there anything else you want to say about cars or just in general, Bodie, before we go? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for all the awesome questions. Thank you for being so involved as yeah, the yeah. the audience, and we definitely feel like uh, you're part of the family too. We're definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.